0: Let's talk about this new paper. This new paper came out last week, mm. and this is...
1: And I missed it, and you saw it and said it to me and said, have you seen it? And I said, no, I haven't seen it. That I read it in about 30 seconds. So, doing the uninformed bit.
0: We are doing the uninformed bit. Hell this, yeah. This is a new paper which was talking about the costs of doing open science. I think this is really important to look at because, obviously, we're both fans of open reproducible science, and we talk about all its benefits and it can be very easy to ignore the drawbacks or sweep it at the carpet. This is a paper which is talking about the additional time it takes to implement these open science practices. Yeah. And it's very convincing. I do have to say that I have changed my mind about this. I was Previously, one of those people that used to always say-
1: maximalist.
0: Well, I used to always say, it'll doing open science stuff will save you time in the long run. Mm -hmm. It's okay. People who say that it takes longer, don't listen to them. It's all good. But there's two perspectives here. The first one was, for a very long time, I have been a 100% researcher. So, all my time has been devoted to research. So, there is more time to do these things Mm. secondly and and now as of a month ago this has completely changed now i have teaching commitments i have administrative commitments so my research time
1: back to teaching
0: yeah and secondly i think the other thing is i have been within this space for quite a while so i have picked up things along the way which means that when a new thing comes it doesn't take much time to actually do that but for somebody who is new to these things Mm. or who decides hey We need to do more open reproducible science in the lab. There's a lot of stuff. So there is not only do you have to devote time, you have to devote more time because all of a sudden you need to catch up to learn all the things. For us, a lot of these things are relatively easy and straightforward. um, And a new thing comes along, we just learn it. So with those two things, this is something that I have changed my mind about. Now I'm realizing that, yes, there are some people who have much less time to do this, And it's going to take a lot of time, especially if you are picking up a lot of these different skills. So, this is a very timely paper that talks about these things, which we'll post a link to. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this is...
1: (sighs) Having empathy for busy people usually is something that happens as you yourself become busy. The central premise of this makes sense um the sort of dumb blithe podcast answer about what are we going to do about this is well if you want to do all the pieces right then you can put the open science thing on a pedestal and give it a different name make it its own thing or you can just regard it as the way that it is responsible to do and disseminate research So what really needs to change, if we use should, the worst word in the English language, what really needs to change is how the outputs of these research items are assessed, reviewed, valued over the course of a career. You want to do 15 pieces of shit really fast or do you want to do 10 good things? Everyone puts their hand up to do 10 good things until there's some dumbass system to promote them that will reward the 15. But you can't do that. That's a multi-generational, encompassing universities, local areas, governments, academic societies, the planet. You can't just click your fingers and change culture. And if you say we should, then all you're really doing is committing yourself to not having to do anything at all. I think everyone's well aware of my opinions on the sort of gummy, smiling, highly optimistic version of how to reform empiricism. So we can push all that to one side. Yeah, it should be different. Uh, Life sucks by a fucking helmet. I think one of the problems here, and this is a a bit deep as far as I could tell, at least from a reasonably cursory reading of it, thank you, Jetlag, is... I wonder how much of this would have to exist, the the recognition that the processes that come with open science work are legit work. And having an expectation about that is actually, in a sense, taking something away from people. If we had a mature space where the tools were being really well built and helping people out... And it's actually a really annoying question because there's a few reasons that doesn't really happen. At least it doesn't happen in the way that I would like it to happen. First of all, you don't really have a market in the direct business to consumer sense. You're already getting paid to do the, the work that you do. You don't go out buying extra services a lot of the time. You know, You don't pay money to do your job. It's just not part of the culture. Mm. You can't demonstrate something that works that well. Um, in general, you've got to uh, – I, I think when it comes to research especially, something that we, don't, that we don't accept readily is the fact that the vast majority of people who do it are 30 and older.
0: And when you're talking about –
1: Is that ser- true?
0: Ser- th- yes? On the, not, not the research on the coalface. These are younger, mid-20s PhD students.
1: Okay, but, I mean, in a lot of countries, so, like, I think a very young PhD student would be 24 a lot of places, yeah. right? And that's only in some places. If you've got a, a master's, I think a young one would probably be 27, 28. Okay. Okay. So give or take, right? Um, a lot of things that are designed to uh, provide business SaaS products are for corralling people who are five years younger than that. Hmm. And we do not really have a culture where tools are pushed in and then sort of inflicted on people like that. Um, so it's 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 not been it's not been presupposed in a lot of ways. It would be nice if there was an ecosystem of things that made all of this easier and I think it is perfectly possible if these things are regarded as tools and the way that tools are already bought, libraries already buy EndNote subscriptions. Mm -hmm. They already buy SPSS licenses. They already buy different uh, digital database products. But I don't think there is a robust ecosystem of these things existing because the benefits are a little bit more marginal, people are less likely to use them, and there's still a fucking huge undifferentiated rump of people scratching away in Excel, writing things into Word documents and then copying and pasting them into an online form. And, you know, the, the obviously, look, on the publishing side, a lot of the ecosystem stuff sucks because there's no reason to put any money in them because it doesn't represent a good investment. They've got something, it's crap, it works, you make it someone else's problem, that's it. Yeah. Ah, look, very long-winded way of saying part of this is the fact that between how people think and how it's become traditional for them to work, we have not made a market of stuff that would make their lives better. And people try sometimes to put entries into this sort of product category, but
0: I don't know. What sort of products are you talking about here, though?
1: Well, imagine something that was a combination of Google Documents, Overleaf, features of different markdown languages, the Jupyter Notebook something, uh, integrated submission portal? Like, why the fuck would there need to be a different submission portal and database? Why isn't there a button that you can click on a manuscript that submits it to a fucking...
0: Overleaf does this.
1: It does it for six journals or something.
0: Yeah. Right? Review journals,
1: yeah. A couple. A couple. Why don't the... If that's the case, why don't the reviews come straight back to the same document so you only have to open one thing?
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And why isn't... When it comes to review, why isn't that sent to someone else's portal? in exactly the same way for them to actually review and then mark up in place. Mm. I mean, you get an unformatted document, still most of the time, you get an unformatted document with a long list of things. You've got 40 pages of paper, and then you've got uh, eight, eight, eight double-spaced pages of comments. You spend your entire time
0: scroll, scroll, scrolling scroll,
1: scrolling through, like, on page 27. Like, fuck you for making me look that up. I wrote that. I don't want to go back and look at that. <laughs> scroll, scroll, scroll. Every little thing like that yeah. can be ferreted out of a work. Mm. a work process. And there's no aggressive effort to get rid of any. How much easier does it become, right, to, to put open data into something? What is embedded in the fucking document? You've got some backend where it lives, and it's being transformed into what you need by uh, a, a code that is running on the backend, it's sending the commands that you need to an interactive document, Now, I know to a certain extent that, you know, I'm super bullish on curve note. I'm describing a lot of curve note features, but I'm also going a lot further than that. See, if you have something like that, the whole idea of there's extra requirements here, there's extra steps, is dramatically compressed. But I think the central problem with this is there is no stakeholder who's existing stakeholder whose job it is to make that and it's a very very difficult market to penetrate if you want to do like small company stuff if it's, like the entrepreneurs in this space have a hell of a time it's very challenging
0: who's motivated to do this obviously researchers are motivated to do this but for this to work you for this need to work
1: you have to be mass able to adoption well you need mass adoption uh well, actually back it up for this to work you need a ton of cash to come in, yeah. because otherwise you need to you, to scale into all these features, like this is an, a horde of people in hoodies listening to techno music, programming shit that I don't really understand. Yeah, we don't know, and like any kind of widespread adoption of this, like not only would it have to work perfectly, it would have to work perfectly at scale. Yeah. So all the different journals, all the different people, all the different languages, all working together at the same time. Now it's doable. Uh, it's, it's a matter of how you're going to get there. But building that is a Herculanean task.
0: I think the only kind of organization, my, my fear is that one of the big publishers will start to do this. I don't think they can. Good. The best sort of organization that I think would be a Zotero-like organization, which is non-profit and it's funded and its motivation is to make research easier. Something like that kind of organization is the sort of organization that I'd like to see doing this kind of thing.
1: Well, yeah, I mean that's that's the other part. That I mean, entrepreneurial-minded people a lot of the time think I'm going to build a great big asset and I'm going to own it, and then I will have it. It's not really a community-driven initiative, but that's also how you get other people to work on it as well. It's not that it's pure avarice the whole way down to the ground. It's that. Uh, there's Obviously, there's some of that. It's just not as riddled with capitalist anxiety as you'd imagine. It's more you have ownership over a problem that pisses you off and you are actually making and selling something that makes people happy. It's a very, very good feeling, and people don't talk about that very much.
0: I would like to think that um, universities would be happy to pay for this stuff. They're already paying for a Microsoft Office licenses. And note, the terror storage, all this kind of stuff. True. I don't know. It's I'm probably a bit too optimistic, but then if we- No, were- no, no, no.
1: I'm not saying that you can-, that you can this, Any of this can click your fingers and be done. Yeah. Yes? Because, look, I mean, let's go back to the central premise of the paper. Is it the, what I My primary frustration is usually with something is a meta frustration of, like, well, if that's the case, then what? Yeah? But the center of this is, uh, let, let, let's just spend a little bit of time there. Because if there are all these additional things that need to be done, regardless of what either of us think about the fact that they're considered to be additional things in the size, first place, yeah. right? As in the part of the workflow, yeah. it's like either you could do it or you could do it shittily. Uh, doing it takes more time, energy, and effort. Yeah. Um, I think it's somewhat truistic that things that take longer take longer. Um, it's deep, man <laughs> yeah, I know things that things that require effort require effort. You know, like who saw that shit coming? But I mean it has it has consequences. And the problem is you, you can't solve the sort of market for papers market for attention problem by having some people do better ones that care because you've just incentivized shit behavior in the people who don't care.
0: So that is an irreconcilable problem. You mentioned the I word, incentives, yeah? Yes. I want to bring this up. He wants to bring it up. I want to talk about incentives. So, everybody wants to do the new fancy thing. They want to adopt the new tool. For us to be competitive in research and to ask interesting and new questions, we need to learn new things. I would argue that picking up these open and reach reproducible skills is a new thing which makes a paper more valuable because you can rip it apart pull it apart see what see, see what's inside and you trust the results more and a result that you can trust more is a paper that's more valuable. Uh, okay, all right. So Whoa. so what I'm, what I'm saying here is that Perhaps we're tackling this from the wrong end and if we heavily incentivize doing these behaviors, I know that's a whole different com- other conversation, and then this is the thing which makes a valuable paper, then everything will fall into place because this just becomes part of the research process. Universities want to become competitive, so they're going to put funding into you know, support, the, the software support, um, hopefully administrative support hopefully specialists they can do this stuff so rather than kind of rather than making the argument we need to devote more resources here the other end is we need to more heavily incentivize and then everything will fall into place so research council of norway recently said we're going to assess applications on how they are addressing open and reproducible science so now all of a sudden our institution is going we need to actually do this stuff yep. the incentives have changed
1: yes Okay, so the best thing you can do is get a lot of different jobs, continue to be fancy, and then continue to change policies at different places where you do whatever over time. Yes? I mean, it's it's the, the solution of that hasn't changed in many respects. We have people who were sort of young scientists five years ago, ten years ago, who we met, who are now in positions to be able to do something about Various aspects of various policies within the management of research. And now some of them are doing it. Okay. like So, so far, so straightforward. Uh, here's, here's the thing I think you left out. So one of the problems of improving research quality is a problem of durations. If you publish something, if you were putting in your dossier for the 10 years, and I presume that you did that, Sort of, you sort made at some point in time a submission was rolled up and considered. If you published something nine o'clock uh, that morning, and then by midday the thing had to be submitted, you'd say, "Hooray!" of adding it to the pile. You'd add it to the pile and then submit it, mm. right? Even if it was twenty minutes beforehand. Especially for something like you be dancing in the corridor. I just got my nature paper. Like science and medicine, science, science, and, science and nature, science itself. and nature. Just published my my paper. Quickly add it to the dossier. Add in a sentence about how your contemporary work is so flashy, etc. The benefits of publishing are short-term, generally. My productivity is up. I did the fancy thing. The True benefits are long-term, but so are the true drawbacks. If it's a total bag of shit, I mean, this is the last big replication of some shit in the social sciences somewhere. It's a paper from 2012, and it it failed utterly, Um, of course. I can't remember what it was. The surname started with an M. I thought it was a very boring paper, and replicating something 11 years later is just... I mean, I, it's, I suppose in many respects it's nice that you got round to it, but if you don't care about the hypothesis in the first place, the whole thing never seemed to to, to matter. Um, the whole idea of doing a mass replication of it is just not something I'm super interested in. But the point is it took 11 years. Yeah. Um, likewise, it could take 11 years to find out whether or not your paper has any true long-run value. Is it, I mean, at a very basic level, is it heavily cited? But does it make a difference to the field? Is it an important contribution? Oh, God forbid, does it actually spawn different people who are copycatting the method? uh trying to develop the conclusions further becoming sort of insiders people that you work with is there anything exciting about it is it generative like that you don't get to find that shit out for years likewise you don't generally get to find out whether or not something's bogus for years you don't get to find out whether or not it replicates well for years so you've got this mismatched duration yeah. problem
0: yeah
1: is that publishing something has immediate value and only true value or true, like, utter failure, something that reveals what a shallow little shit tick you generally are, years later. So, you can't change that. You you can't change the basic dynamic of that by making the thing better, you can change its long run value a lot of the time, probably because people are able to engage and trust much more closely with the text itself. You find something that's really important and it's got open code and it's got open data and it, it, everything is accessible, you know, and it's been pre printed and it's, it's, uh, it's open access, blah, 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 whatever, right? It's much easier to engage with it. Yeah. So, like, serious citation of it, serious consideration of it is probably higher. You have to wait fucking ages for that to really matter. If someone read it the next day and then thought this gives me a brilliant idea, what's the time to publication for that? It's like quick as possible.
0: Six months a year.
1: Yeah, I was about to say that in yeah, the yeah, right yeah. area, in the the right area, at absolute like full tilt maximum, everyone drop everything. We've got a beautiful new direction. I was thinking like three to four months in the right area. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. that's
1: reasonable. Yeah. But even that—that's lightning fast, yeah. right? That's the soonest it can have any individual a little piece of impact. So you never get to—that's—that's. That's, I think that's the big problem with it. So the Research Council in Norway doing that and saying we're interested in the eventual long run solution of this. We're interested in the long run value. You have to change. The, you do short run of your behavior. Yeah. Is only thing that is going to change how the incentives are set up there with regards to time because i mean it's a little bit it's a little bit like borrowing money at a bad interest rate you pay it back over time Mm. if you default on it you don't default on it straight away Mm. You don't immediately you don't like borrow a bunch of money or buy a house uh, with a, the help of a bank and then just immediately fiscally crash into the sea the next week after, <laughs> right? That's just that's just not that's just not how it works. Research is exactly the same. It takes a while for it to be solid and respectful yeah. or a total bag of shit. Mm. So, regardless of that, you know, I'm sure there's people who. I'm sure this has happened. Someone's done a bunch of shit work over a reasonably short period of time, like a shit project or a shit grant or something. Maybe they've fiddled the application a bit. Um, And then they've got a bunch of papers and the papers are reasonably important. They've published the shit papers out of the shit grant until they've got a big log of shit. And then they've used that to either get promoted or get their dossier Or move institutions or leverage a a move into uh, like industry, uh, like organize an idea around it, uh, raise seed capital, or join a division of a big company or any number of other things. And then years later, it's found out to be the shit that it always was. And then they sit there with the consequences of it and think, ah, it's worth it. Yeah. It worked out. Mm -hmm. I needed the the access at the time, I knew it wasn't very good, I'll live, I got caught, fair enough. People make decisions like that. We shouldn't pretend that everyone is high-minded and people don't make decisions like that. I mean, it's toxic and crazy, but they still do it. So, what you're describing is the way to add long-run value. Yeah. And it's very hard to get people who are on a year contract or finishing in six weeks to emigrate yet again, or just busy as shit. was yeah. like you have two kids under five or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, we always end up with this really fatuous answer. Well, someone who's genuinely in charge should make a should make a decision about how that shouldn't be the case. And I go, okay. Well, I mean, unfortunately, that means we have to find out who they are and get out and convince them.
0: Coming back to this extra cost, extra workload cost of doing open science or doing reproducible science, Mm. one thing that was raised in the paper is that in academia, we, we are very bad at estimating how long things take.
1: I think that's a very good point.
0: And my question is, haven't other industries kind of solved this? There are some industries that purely run on how can we accurately bill the time that's been taken. Lawyers come to mind, for instance. Mm-hmm. They know exactly we spent this much time doing this thing, and they've figured it out. Why cannot we do the same thing for academia? Because academia because is so we different. We don't
1: work to time; we work to task.
0: But then, can't we measure how long the tasks are taking? Of course, we can. Why don't we?
1: Well, I don't know. It, it doesn't change the fact that it isn't happening. I mean, there's perfectly positive, plenty of productivity software that does shit like that there's plenty of uh i mean shit my samsung does it automatically and tells me how long i've had each application open for and any given i got a thing it says good news like after a busy week it gets said you would think good news you used your phone for two hours less this week and you open it up like what did you spend most of your time on slack email shit like that because you're walking around doing other things and i do a lot of work from my phone um When you're in charge of stuff, a lot of the time you're checking whether or not to see things have happened. Um, A a surprising amount of management is reminding me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So you can generally, you you do that from your phone, you're perpetually communicating with people, you're trying to set something up, uh, a lot of the time you're you're doing it that way. So it's it's perfectly possible to do. Mm. But I think there is a sort of uh, this... this, it doesn't really go with the mentality of task at all costs, grant deadline. Eh. teaching notes to be need to be uploaded by. do eh. doesn't really how much matter how long it takes, you know. And journals try and get in on that action without actually having a real deadline. They just make one up and fucking yeah.
0: tell you. You have two days to check your proofs. No, you. Don't.
1: Yeah, you you don't. You have as much time as it takes, and you just. They're not publishing
0: your paper without you're okay.
1: Well, yeah, pretty much. It's in the queue and it needs to get done. And you know, maybe they'll maybe an actual person will write to you after six weeks or something if you don't do that. But it's like, none of those deadlines are real. They just they're doing that because they know that there is leverage in making people treat it as a task rather than a commitment to a period of time. And that's the thing. I mean, like nine to five's culture is not strong when you have things that are task dependent. It's one of the things that happen with. All sorts of other industries, right? So you've got a construction job and you've got to finish doing A before people start doing B the next morning. Can it get done? Well, it fucking has to get done. So we're going to stay here until it works. Um, Do you know who immediately comes to mind? Uh, This story from uh, some years back about a, a guy who was an academic ghostwriter.
0: You like know? paper, just papers, like yeah. Faking
1: faking papers, faking papers. So, like yeah. someone wrote to him, and like, I need to get a master's thesis done in two oh, weeks. Oh, for, like, for like students, I can do it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Ghostwriter, yeah, a faker, yeah, sure. Um, oh, you know, I need a master's thesis in whatever, you know, it's 12 grand or something ridiculous like that. And he's like, that's good money, it's two weeks, it's hard, but I can do it, mm. you know. Um, but plenty of people do that, even everyone on Fiverr. You know, everyone working any kind of contracting or gig job to be able to just make a living. A lot of people work to task and not to time. Yeah. So, you know, and the grant is the king of this. You have to get through the system and submit it by X, Y, Z.
0: What do you think about rolling deadlines? As in, you can submit your grant whenever you want. Rather than having a strict, strict deadline.
1: Um, I think it would be very useful for people who wish to plan submissions. Um, I think it's probably harder to organize because a lot of the time money that's dispersed out of something, if it's all dispersed at the same time, it's easier to manage it against a budget. Yeah. What this just is- why all stupid grant line money bullshit comes back to, you know, sometimes you have a tough year with a lot of applications. Sometimes you have things like the initial ERC discovery grants that had a 4% success rate because everyone knew the deadline was coming for ages and ages and ages. And it was a really big, important thing. Right. So lots and lots and lots and lots of submissions.
0: Well, cynics say that they do rolling deadlines to reduce submissions because people just never get around to it. When you have the strict deadline... Then people are working towards it. But with a rolling deadline, people are I saying, think
1: that's a very mean thing to say.
0: I don't I don't buy that either. But people have said this. We've recently had a change where we've, we've moved to a rolling deadline. People are like, well, they're doing that to boost success rates.
1: Make they're your boost. own fucking the deadlines are artificial in the first place. Yeah. Make your own fucking deadline. Organize your life like an adult. Yeah? yeah. You're not writing it by yourself. You have three, four people. Hopefully. Yeah. You set the you set the the internal thing. You ask everyone to commit to taking it seriously up front, so it isn't that one fucking guy who ruins it, ruins it for everyone. Yes, yeah. I mean, if you can't organize, how you propose you're going to organize the fucking project if you can't organize asking for money to do the project? Yeah. Which, as much as it is proper work, is less work. Yeah. Sorry, I mean this. Is, well, they're taking advantage of our good nature. What? No, they're leveraging against the fact that you can't organize your shit. Yeah. Sorry, no sympathy. Mm. I don't I don't I don't buy that. Yeah.
0: I still think people will submit regardless.
1: I do buy I do buy your initial point. What? Though. What you were saying before when Time we tracking. start when we started into this segment.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: The the fa- the fact that this is this is possible but we don't have a good we don't have a good understanding of it and people don't do it because it's not within the the, the, the mentality.
0: But you know, I, it's I, I'm sad to say that I don't think it's ever going to happen because let's just say as, a, as an organization, the university goes, we want to help you out. We want to figure out what everyone does. We are setting up software that we can track what you are doing. Revolt. That, that'll that never work. Other organizations, this is just part of the expectation. We have software that is tracking what you are doing, I don't think that's going to work. But maybe there's a happy medium where there's a way that you can track and give data to the university. I'm spending X amount of time doing administrative work. I'm doing this much, uh, this amount of time doing doing teaching, whatever. But reg- I think on a personal level, I'm interested. I have a rough idea of where I'm spending my time. But I've looked at this. There's a there's an app called um, Toggle where it it semi automates. <laughs> it's it semi-automates what you're spending time on on your computer and on your phone and it gives you a report it's very, very similar to what smartphones do but it's kind of like on a on a different level and it also shows you websites you're on google scholar this this amount of time you're on PubMed this amount of time and then that could be a way but then it, it still involves a human element where you need to say i spent this time writing a grant i spent this time chasing up emails. I think this can sort of be done and on a personal level it can be done, but on a university-wide level, it's going to be very difficult to make the argument going over the past 10 years the way in which we spend our time has shifted.
1: Hmm. It would be good. It would be The problem with collecting data like this is always the fact that 100% of the time, whoever's collecting it claims they don't want to be judgmental. They want to collect this to be able to help people. Mm. And less than 100% of the time, that is true. Mm. Which means especially people who are concerned about their digital rights and privacy, et cetera, uh, uh, are not down with it. I mean, the first time someone uses that, they're like, "Yeah, well, he might say he's emeritus, but we still pay him, and he's supposed to do 20 hours. And he only did 13 hours. Fuck him." <laughs> uh, that, that's always that's that's always just like one bad meeting full of someone with a bright idea away from being the case. Yeah, it is. I mean, I it's it's hard to say. I mean, I've seen academics have very toxic, bad, poorly managed work habits and then complain about how busy they are and know for a fact that 90% of them feeling like they're as busy as they are rather than just regular busy is because their approach to work is just gross and dumb and not adult. But at the same time, you've also seen people who say they're busy and you watch them you're like, oh, Christ, you actually really are that busy. That is 100% the case. Uh, A lot of the time you don't get to know. I mean, I guess more than anything else, thinking about this paper, I don't like the idea. There's always so much other bullshit, you know? oh, we have to do the mandatory trainings now, and it takes fucking hours, and this, it's showing up, and then there's someone from some office. You didn't finish reading all the slides about whether or not it's good to harass people at work. You know? If you haven't seen the PowerPoint, maybe your personality will lead you to do a bullying. Mm. But you have to see the PowerPoint. Mm. It will just suck the bully right out of you, you know? Like a Hoover for dicks. <laughs> It, it, it'll, it'll solve everything. Please complete... Uh, the idea of putting the mechanics that actually make the work worthwhile, the, the idea of codifying that it goes into the big, dumb, busy work bucket Yeah. is... I, I would like that not to be the case. Yeah. I think that would be a good thing if it wasn't seen like that. That's yeah. not how it came across and that's not how it was managed. But... You create the system that we have, and extra stuff, no matter how good or laudable it is, will always be extra stuff first, and whatever else it is second.
0: Yeah. So that's disappointing. Let's wrap up. Our first ever live episode. We're having our second ever live episode this evening. Well, is
1: this isn't live. You're not. Casting. No, sorry, it's as in okay. In this person. is rec-
0: in person. In person. In We are doing a live and in person episode. It's going to be live. Oh, you're yeah. going to hear the. You're going to. You can. You might even see this other episode before this one because this one's going to be live streamed on Twitch. Oh yeah. With the Sandra Mats. Yes. It's going to be interesting. So. Yeah. She has some good stuff. She does have some good stuff.
1: Uh this is I mean, you're probably finding over this in retrospect now. But you know, the conference the listen. conference people suggested you, know, like, you should tap her on as a guest. And I was like, we're gonna take guest suggestions from other people and start reading her stuff like, Oh <laughs> this is interesting. No, 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 she'll do, she'll do. do <laughs> no, don't 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 backtrack. This is good shit. Um oh. it should be fun.
0: It'll be fun.
1: There will be beer.
0: Thanks for listening. See you later. Beer.